acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. Welcome back into the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show, everybody. Thanks for being here with us. We have, as promised, Selena Zito with us right now. She is a reporter for the Washington Examiner and a columnist for the New York Post and Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. She is also the author of The Great Revolt Inside the Populist Coalition, Reshaping American Politics. Selena, uh, Selena, thanks so much for being with us. Oh, are you kidding me? Thanks so much for having me. It's really nice to talk to you guys. So I've known your work, and you know we've known each other for a while, and you, you do this fascinating thing for someone who covers national politics. You actually go into places that aren't D.C. within two-hour drive, New York City within a two-hour drive. You go to other places right. and talk to people. Well, given that that is your area of focus, what are the American people feeling right now? When you're on Main Street, what are people saying about the Biden administration? What are their their concerns? What are the things going right? What's going wrong? What are you hearing? So um, what I have been hearing and, and I think I think probably what keeps me grounded is that I live in western Pennsylvania, sort of the Paris of Appalachia and <laughs> and the beginning of the Midwest. And and so I, I have a different perspective than someone who lives in the super zip codes in this country. I see people differently because I've shared their we have shared life experiences. Uh, so so this will be interesting, I think, maybe to you. But I saw a change in people's point of view about uh, President Biden back in August. Uh, during uh, in, in the sort of days leading up and the weeks after what happened in Afghanistan. Now, it's not and there's a nuance here. It's not that people did or did not want to, uh, to leave Afghanistan. That wasn't the central core of this breakaway. But it was the negligence in which it was handled that started to peel away voters who had decided to vote for Biden and or just sit it out, uh, which is part of conservative populism. Uh, and, and, and they started to think, 
look, this is not what we, you know, bought into. Uh, this is not what was promised. And so what you started to see were, and I wrote about this, uh, there were this 13 beers, the 13 glasses of wine, the 13 uh, plates um, set up at, at tables. And then you started to see 13 chairs on the side of the road in front of people's houses. There was this sort of response that was not seen by the, by the national press, but it was very real and very tangible. And it, it then continued with what happened with the Haitian refugees in texas and 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 then by the time sort of this whole bill came across the um the wire and the details details that we somewhat know started to leak out um voters had decided that you know they sent the democrats and biden to dc with with and and they sent a message that we wanted things to return to normal and democrats misread that message and thought oh we can we can do whatever we want they love us no they were just liked republicans less at that moment and and i would argue that the the blue wave that was expected to happen in november 2020 and i've written about this never really happened in fact if you look down ballot at races across the country or even in my home state of pennsylvania republicans and conservative candidates won down ballot in the beginning of a red wave that you started to see continue in mayor's races and special election elections in texas and in virginia in, in new jersey you that was sort of the wake-up call i think for the rest of the of the uh for the rest of the press, but I had been down in um, Virginia for months, and while I saw what the issues were very localized, the, the thing that the press got wrong and the thing that the Democrats got wrong is that they continued to believe that this election was about Donald Trump. Voters are very forward-thinking. Whether they liked him, they loved him, or they loathed him, they had moved on and we're thinking about their community, their children, their grandchildren, and that's what they were voting on. Selena, I appreciate you coming on. One of the things that I've been doing is I'm on the road the entire fall doing a college football tour for Fox yes, Sports. I've been and, following it. It's amazing. Well, well I, I appreciate that. And one of the things that I love about it is all the face-to-face -face interaction I have with people from a variety of different parts of the South and hearing what they what they are paying attention to. And what I find, Selena, and I'm curious in your reporting what you find, most people aren't following things that go on in Washington, D.C. on a day-to-day -day basis. They're busy in their own yeah. lives. They've got kids, grandkids, jobs, responsibilities, everything else. But what they do have is a general sense for whether or not they trust someone to do a good job. And at this right. point in time, it seems to me that the vast majority of the American public has decided for a variety of different reasons that they do not trust Joe Biden to do a good job. Now, we've seen this happen before. 1994, Bill Clinton gets snowed under in the uh, midterms. Same thing happens with Barack Obama in 2010. But those guys were adroit enough politicians to build themselves back to an electable position in 1996 and in 2012. Joe Biden doesn't seem capable of that. If you were trying to assess what you are seeing across the country as well, 
How does Biden reverse the impressions that exist among voters now of him? Is that, in your mind, possible given his set of political talents? I don't think it's possible. Here's for a number of reasons. And first, and, and I have to commend you the work that you do because I really follow it, and and, and it's kind of joyful. And and that's how I find reporting in the Midwest, Mid Atlantic, all across the country. Yes. Um, it, it, it's joyful. You, you, you get out on the road. I don't fly. I don't take interstates. I only take back roads. And you get out there and you're like, oh, we are in a totally different world than what you see on social media. Yes. Like, completely different world. Uh, people are much more aspirational. Uh, I, I think the die is already cast for uh, President Biden. I don't think there is redemption available. And, and, and the reason why is he's going to be unwilling to ask for it. The problem in our country is in, in, in not just in government, but also in our cultural curators, the people who run the corporations, the National um, Football League, Major League Baseball, um, Entertainment, Hollywood, and the larger news organizations, is that they don't have a connection to the people who sit in their seats or who they serve. Yes. And, and, and they are unwilling to change that. A lot of that has to do with as I said before, they all live in the same sort of super zip codes. They all went to the same schools, and they all know only people just like themselves. They don't want to know people that that believe that the life issue is important. They don't know anybody who owns a gun. They don't know anybody who knows how to use a gun or sits in a pew every Sunday. So there's no connection into understanding these people, and there's no there's no um recognition that they should so that's why this will continue that's why joe biden has has a problem in redeeming himself with voters because he doesn't believe he has a problem and that is sort of mind-blowing to me as as i just watch people sort of peel off away from him you know and or um go towards conservatives because there are people that just said it out last year. We're speaking to Selena Zito, reporter for the Washington Examiner and author of The Great Result Inside the Populist Coalition, Reshaping American Politics. Selena, one thing that doesn't get as much attention, it seems, in the news cycle in general, uh, as one would think based upon polling that shows concerns of the American people is illegal immigration. Uh, This is not a story that the Biden administration seems very interested in people following closely. I mean, just as I'm talking to you now, CNN has been running a lot of insurrection coverage for the last couple of hours, right? (laughs) Not talking about the hundreds of thousands of people entering the United States illegally month after month of the Biden administration. Do you get a sense from talking to people in places that the media doesn't focus on that immigration, illegal immigration specifically, is the kind of issue that might have a major impact in the midterms? Because the polling usually shows it to be a top three or four issue. Yeah, absolutely. And there's nuance out here. So um, um, out here in western Pennsylvania or Ohio or Michigan or Wisconsin or any of these states that I cover, 
Um, illegal immigration is viewed through the prism of the opioid and fentanyl um, problem, the addiction problem. It is one of, you know, people don't talk about this either. It's one of the larger problems of why we don't have a workforce uh, in this country. We have a really bad opioid problem out here, and it's only gotten worse during the um during the pandemic and you know it was something that that uh, donald trump was very willing to sort of talk about in a very realistic way in 2016 we saw a drop in in addictions in 2017 and 2018 and now there has been a surge so people not only people in appalachia where you think of towns where there's despair and all the jobs have left but also in the mid um, um, upper middle class to wealthy neighborhoods they know their kids are being exposed to it and they don't like it and so that's how they view um, illegal immigration so you said, Selena, that you don't think Biden can reverse the trajectory that his administration is on. And I know certainly 2020 and beyond has made fools of anyone trying to predict where we are headed. But in your mind, based on what you see in the upper Midwest, in Pennsylvania and Ohio and Michigan and sort of the, the backbone of the Big Ten states is the way that I would describe it. I'm all over the SEC states right now, but there's a certain affinity for football, for being outdoors, for a lifestyle in the Big Ten and SEC states that isn't necessarily reflected in the East and West Coast. Where are we headed in your mind in 2022 and in 24 for the Biden administration going forward? Well, I think it might be interesting to take a look at the at the off-year election results just in my state of Pennsylvania alone. The the sort of red wave that began down ballot in my in my state in, in last November where state house and state senate seats uh that were supposed to be lost uh, and majorities that were supposed to be lost were not only won, uh, were not only held, but more seats were gained. But this state went incredibly more red, if it's at all possible, in this off-year election. And and those sort of granular small races for sheriff, for district attorney, for row offices, for county row offices are incredibly important. And I would point to Erie, Pennsylvania. Erie, Pennsylvania is a post-industrial city who has not gained population in, in since the 70s and went for Donald Trump for the first time a Republican in decades and went back to Biden in 2020, barely. Uh, and it went, it voted for a county executive, a Republican county executive, one who ran on, you know, drawing businesses into the county as opposed to the Democrats who ran on on transgender issues and cultural issues and had been the school board president. And I think that that sort of shows that this Midwest is still holding on to its conservative roots just because Trump lost the presidency does not mean it has not continued to go red. And you saw it in Michigan and Wisconsin and Ohio as well. Selena, fantastic, as always. Uh, and we'll talk to you again soon. That'd be but great. If people could go to my website, selenazito.com, and sign up for emails. They're free. They're fun. They're not fattening. And they can follow my story. <laughs> Outstanding stuff. We appreciate it. Uh, and have a good weekend. Uh, and we want you to know right now 
Hey, how about taking care of people in your family as we get closer to the holiday season? We've got Legacy Box, a company that digitally transfers family movies and videos so you can relive all those moments with your family again and again. Legacy Box does something helpful for families. They take all your old family memories and transfer them onto computer files that can be shared with your entire family. Few gifts are more heartwarming than being able to share and relive your family's favorite moments. And if you're the one in the family holding on to the boxes of video cassettes, film reels, old photos, get in touch with Legacy Box and take care of preserving your family's history forever right now. They'll send you a box made for shipping those precious family memories. You ship it right off to their Tennessee facility, Chattanooga, Tennessee. I spent a lot of time there. My mom's family all born and raised down there. These guys will take care of you, and in a couple of weeks, you'll be notified. You have a link ready. Uh, you can get DVDs made, computer thumb drives. You choose how you want to preserve these memories forever. They've done it now for more than a million families, and you can trust them to take care of your family. Buck, how do you take advantage of this incredible offer? It's really easy, folks, and you can start this project online right now at LegacyBox.com slash Buck. You'll get a Black Friday sale discount. Remember, you can get the discount now and then gather all your stuff and send it in the box when you're ready. But get that discount now so you get the best possible deal. LegacyBox.com slash Buck. Again, that website is LegacyBox.com slash Buck. writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Rosie, somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. It feels so good. It does. And like always, we'll be here every week covering the wide world of TV, movies, comics, and geek culture. That's right. We'll be talking about Batman, heroes of that stature, and of course... We'll be inviting our friends in the industry to come geek out with us and share stories. We'll hear from TV writers, from actors, comics creators, pop culture critics, and more. Nothing is off the table because geek culture is pop culture. And we can't wait to share our love of it all with you every single week. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough, that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I 
detach from my, from this idea of what, do, is that, is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know, oh, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back in, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. Appreciate all of you hanging out with us. We power through the Friday edition of the program. I hope you've been listening all week, but if you've missed any of our shows and you might want to catch up with them, you can go. We got a best of up as well. You can go search out Clay Travis, Buck Sexton, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play. Also want to keep reminding you, maybe you're traveling around, maybe you're sitting in an office, you don't have great reception. We love all of our radio affiliates out there, hundreds and hundreds of them in all 50 states. But you can stream the show at clayandbuck.com. You can pull it up on your phone, you can pull it up on your desktop, just click play. Boom, there you go. No difficulties at all. I'm headed up to Knoxville this weekend for the Georgia-Tennessee game. We'll be airing on CBS at 3.30 Eastern, and I would wager every dollar I have that there will be some Let's Go Brandon chants that are raining down either in the tailgate scene, uh, maybe inside of the stadium. It has swept, the Let's Go Brandon chant has, the entire nation. Remember, initially the White House tried to say, oh, what is this, some QAnon thing? We can't even keep up with all these chants. Well, Jen Psaki now acknowledging that she knows what the chant is, and she's asked whether Biden is bothered by it. This just happened. I don't think he spends much time focused on it or thinking about it. The president said when he came into office on Inauguration Day, he said he was going to help get rid of the uncivil war in this country. So I guess through that lens right now, does the president think there are things that he can do differently? Or how does he react to the stuff he sees out there when it is one of his primary promises or desires to help bring Americans together? Well, it takes two to move towards a more civil engagement discourse in this country. And the president's going to continue to operate, uh, as you said, uh, from the promise he made early on which is that he wants to govern for all Americans. He's going to deliver for all Americans, as is evidenced by the infrastructure bill that he's going to sign uh, on Monday. That's going to help expand broadband to everyone, no matter your political party, no matter whether you voted for him or not. That's going to replace lead uh, lead pipes, make sure kids have clean drinking water, whether you're a Democrat or Republican or not political at all. That's how he's going to govern. Well, good for Jen Psaki. By the way, Glad that she came back from COVID post-double vaccine. No issues at all. It's amazing how that works. Uh, Tunnel the to Towers, making the holidays brighter for our nation's gold star and fallen first responder families with young kids and catastrophically injured veterans and first responders. For many of these families, the holidays are a tough reminder of the sacrifice their hero made for us. That's why they're giving away a home a day from Thanksgiving through New Year's Eve. That is phenomenal. How can you help? You heard us interviewing people at Tunnel to Towers yesterday. Your generosity. You guys have given over $5 million to help support America's greatest heroes. You can donate $11 a month. Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. Just $11 a month. Think about it. The difference you can make. That's T, the number two, T.org. Sign up today. T, the number two, T.org. Thanks for rolling along with us here today on the Clay and Buck Show. Great to have you listening all across the country. Remember, if you haven't, uh, check us out on podcast. Wherever you listen to your podcast, the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show. Please subscribe. If you're on the uh, iTunes Store, Apple Podcast, give us five stars. Give us a review. That always helps, too. And we have just in preparation here for the uh, the verdict in the Kyle Rittenhouse trial, uh, some people are already getting uh, getting ready 
for the possibility that things could be, well, let's just say a bit tense. You have Governor Tony Evers of Wisconsin mobilizing 500 National Guard. It uh, looks like he's mobile. Yeah, 500 National Guard troops. Um, and so we're looking to see if that actually turns into a a problem or not. We could have a verdict on, uh, well, Monday, Tuesday, someday next week. We'll see what ends up happening there. We also Buck, have latest- do you think uh, Kyle Rittenhouse might take his gun out if he's not guilty and help to patrol the streets of Kenosha again? Can you, can you imagine the irony in that? If he got a not guilty verdict, they called out the National Guard and he helped to patrol the streets of Kenosha again. Can you imagine the libs losing their mind over that video? They would definitely lose their minds. I, I, I think that uh, <laughs> Kyle, if, if, well, let's just wait. Let's wait and see. I, you know, you never know with a jury and, you know, they could feel a lot of pressure. There have been people concerned about jury intimidation all along no doubt. here. So we'll, we'll see. But they're, they've called out 500 National Guard, or, or I should say, readied the deployment of 500 National Guard troops because we all know, right, that, that if Kyle Rittenhouse is found guilty, God forbid, there won't be riots. Totally. We all know. Yes. It's only if Kyle Rittenhouse is found not guilty the left will riot, and they'll think that Biden voters will riot because they think that they're justified in doing so. Um, there's also the reality of an administration that lives in the unreality of economics. Uh, they don't really understand or care to understand what's happening uh, with inflation and also as a result of these COVID mandates they have in place about things like shots. Here's Jen Psaki when asked, hey, you know, it might not be great considering what we're facing here when you start enforcing the federal vaccine mandate, that could actually hurt an already struggling economy in some ways. Thanks, Jen. I wanted to ask about the numbers that came out this morning about the record number of people quitting their jobs in September. Is there a concern that this number might go even higher when the vaccine mandate goes into place? And what is the administration doing to help companies who are concerned about retaining workers once the, the mandate kicks in? You're, you're talking about because of the vaccine mandate being implemented, and is it specific companies? I just haven't seen this data, so give me a little bit more information. Yeah, she's like, uh, what, what do you mean? I don't understand. Yeah, there are a lot of people that have left their jobs, people have lost their jobs, and more could be coming here soon in large numbers because of the vaccine mandate. And this is now for a vaccine that we all understand is temporary you're now it is a temporary vaccine and you are mandated to get it or be endlessly harassed and fined by the federal government and jen Psaki and the white house are like wait what do you mean that could be bad for the economy this is just more and more indication buck and i think you probably agree with me on this and i know a lot of people listening to us do conservatives know way more what liberals think then liberals know what conservatives think. Oh, the data actually proves that. 100%, right? And so it's amazing to me that you could be the press secretary for the leader of the free world and feign stupidity on the idea, which is certainly prevalent out there, that millions of people may leave their jobs over the vaccine mandate. Now, you can say you think those numbers are exaggerated. You can use arguments against it. But to pretend that this is not potentially a major issue that hasn't been widely discussed across a variety of different jobs for months is a level of inauthenticity and lying that, frankly, should disgust everyone because what she's trying to do is that's a good question. That's the kind of question that somebody in the White House press corps who is aware of what's going on in the larger society should ask. 
And for Jen Psaki to play dumb as if she's not cognizant of this issue at all is just a further evidence of how the Biden administration doesn't believe Americans can be spoken to honestly. You also have to think that there will be the continued implementation of this mandate going forward as well. No doubt. Right? There's what what is the rationalization here? What what would be the argument for this to be you get the shot. They're making you get the shot if you have a hundred or more employees. They're also going to expand this to less than a hundred. They're just yes, they're just eventually. doing a yeah, they're doing a divide and conquer strategy here for people's individual freedoms. Uh, but what makes anyone think that they won't then say when we're coming up into the major respiratory virus, you know, season next year, uh, in the fall, the fall of 2022, there won't be another okay to be in compliance with the new OSHA mandate. You've got to get another round of shots. And, you know, I, I put this on. I'm surprised Twitter actually didn't block this. How long is it before you're just not even allowed to talk about myocarditis, which is a real risk of some of these shots that people end up uh, running? Uh, how long before you're not even allowed to talk about it? Because if you're going to do the shot once, there's a certain risk percentage and profile with it. If you're going to be forced to do it every year, that changes pretty dramatically. Buck, I'm already sitting here wondering, how many shots am I going to be behind on? Right? Because I haven't gotten the vaccine yet. So right now I'm behind on two. Now I'm going to be behind on the boost on the booster. Like we're talking about by the time it gets to five or six shots that everybody has to get, I'm going to be like three years behind on how long it would even take well, me well, to catch up though, with where I need to be. Because if they do eventually make you get it, at least theoretically, that would be the shot most useful for that period. Just like the flu, by the way. This is we we yeah. already have we have something that's a very analogous to this we have something that that sets us up to understand what the expectations should be they even tried it to guess what the flu strain is going to be in advance and create yes and, create and they're often wrong uh, by the way yeah they're often wrong uh but that's what they end up having to do and so that's where we'll probably be at some point in in the future and i just i i worry that the the democrats are so dug in on this that even no matter how crazy and absurd this gets and no matter how much it's clear to everybody they're wrong, they're still going to say better to be wrong and miserable than accept that Clay Buck and the rest of them were right. You know, I, I think the stubbornness might override everything else. I was I got a good uh, point. You know, I've been on college campuses all fall and I was having a conversation with a college kid who was 20 and uh, and he was saying, hey, you know, me and a bunch of buddies, we have fake IDs to get into the bar. Right. Um, and, and he was saying that some of the schools now are requiring vaccines. And so their proof of vaccine, which some of the bigger cities are requiring now, uh, for some of their friends, they have to get fake vaccine cards to make their match their fake IDs to be able to get in and get a beer inside of a bar, which is kind of funny to think about, right? Because for most of us out there who have ever been in college, you know that when you're 19 or 20 years old, it's not uncommon that you have a fake ID in order to get into a bar. Good heavens. And now you have to match your you might have a real vaccine card, but it says your age and it doesn't match your fake ID. And so they're having to mix and which is actually really funny and ridiculous to think about. But these college kids who are under no risk from covid have got like an entire, you know, collage of different fake IDs to be able to go get a beer in a bar some places. This White House isn't going to make things better anytime soon, but we're on it, folks. Don't worry. The truth will still be here for you, no matter what they do to us on Twitter and Facebook and other places. 
With all that's happening at home and in the world, now's as good a time as any to take control of things at home. That's your family and your pets, too, for that matter. We love our dogs and cats. They're members of the family. We want them happy and healthy, and we want them around for a long time. That's why we promote healthy food for our dogs and not just the dry kibble that's on the store shelves. And see, that's the problem with most dog food. It's dead food. All dry dog food has to sit in a warehouse shelf for years to con- to accomplish this. They have dog kibble, uh, dog food kibble manufacturers using a sterilization process that kills anything that might actually be alive in your pet's food. And we mean good alive stuff, microbacteria, probiotics, enzymes, vitamins, things that your dog needs, just like you need them in your food, right? That's why Rough Greens is so helpful and so necessary. It's not a dog food. It's a healthy supplement you put into your dog's food with all the live nutrients necessary for superior dog's health. So you just add this in. You sprinkle it in. The folks at Rough Greens are so confident your dog is going to love it. They've got this great deal for listeners of this show. You just go to roughgreens.com slash EIB. That's R-U-F-F, roughgreens.com slash EIB. And they're going to give you the first bag free. All you pay is shipping. Roughgreens.com slash EIB. Notorious Scott Summers hater Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter Jason Concepcion. Rosie, somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. It feels so good. It does. And like always, we'll be here every week covering the wide world of TV, movies, comics, and geek culture. That's right. We'll be talking about Batman, heroes of that stature, and of course... We'll be inviting our friends in the industry to come geek out with us and share stories. We'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics, and more. Nothing is off the table because geek culture is pop culture. And we can't wait to share our love of it all with you every single week. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough, that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go, like, how do I detach from my this idea of, what do, is, that, is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Coming into the uh, last leg here of the Clay and Buck show on this uh, Friday. Thanks for being here with us. We'll get to a couple calls in a second. You know, Clay, of all the rejoin music that we have on this show, because you know, I'm going to I'm going to see uh, Dave Matthews with some friends tonight. Of all the rejoin music we have on the show, what is your favorite one? You know, we have these little these quick uh, snippets yeah. we come back to. Um. That's a great question. I, I I think it's probably anything. I hate to pick one. I like a lot of the '90s era music, uh, and a lot of times we go with '80s era music, which I'm not as big of a fan of. Um, so uh, I think we've got some Red Hot Chili Peppers. We come back. I like that. Here's the real question for you, Bob. Wait a minute. Can I? Just, I, I go. I go. Tears for Fears. I actually go for the '80s. Oh, you uh, like that more? I like the Tears for Fears. What, come, uh, yeah, that's my favorite. What Dave Matthews song are you most likely to sing along with at tonight's concert in New York City? I mean, all of them. I celebrate <laughs> Dave's entire catalog. Obviously, we grew up. We grew up with Dave Matthews, man. I that know. I know. I've been to Dave concerts before too, but I feel like Crash is probably the song that's going to get you the most. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I'm just trying to think about which one you're most enthusiastically a, going to sing along you, with. If you're a sensitive soul, you could also do satellite. You know, yeah, there's, satellite. There's, I mean, there you go. I'm just I'm trying to picture you inside of Madison Square Garden when the music is going to move you the most. Oh, it's like when be very, you're going. Very I think it's crash. I think it's hard not to go along with. I think you're going to reach your highest crescendo of sing along during Crash. Would be my That's very possible. I, I will say that Under the Table and Dreaming was one of the first CD that I ever bought. I remember that. I had my boom box. Remember we all had boom boxes? I had oh, a yeah. CD player boom box and I was listening to Under the Table and Dreaming a lot. I actually had some the Red Walk- Hot Chili Peppers I bought too back in the day. The Walkman has come back in popularity. Have you noticed? Like, ever, My kids are upset. They, they think the 1980s is the greatest generation of all time because I watch the 80s movies with them, which is one of the great things about being a parent. 80s movies are amazing. Oh, so good. The Back to the Future, the Goonies, uh, the Indiana Jones movies, they're all so incredible that it's interesting to see their friends. They're all they're all like very much like some of the clothes that they wear. They're they're all in on the 80s because mom and dad watch the movies with them. And they're like, the 80s is the greatest generation of American history in their mind. Ghostbusters. The Ghostbusters. Club, so we, we good. Go, we go on on all the time. There are a lot of movies made in the last five or ten years that nobody's going to remember in five or ten years. But back in the 80s and the 90s, there's some great stuff. Um, I want to hear from Jason in Mississippi for a second here. He's got something interesting to tell us. What's going on, Jason? Uh, I just wanted to comment on, you know, the the millions of people leaving their jobs when the actual vaccine mandate hits. I work for a very, very large uh, power company. I work in the oil and gas industry. And there's thousands of us that are talking about walking yeah. out. And, and, you know, guess what happens when that happens? There's no power, nobody to run the plant. Amen. Look, thank you for the call. I I don't think we're talking enough, Buck. We already have insane supply issues all over this country. I don't think we're discussing enough, Buck. What's going to happen when more airline pilots are out, when more stewardesses or flight attendants or whatever you're supposed to call them now are? All of these energy workers, all of the truck drivers all over the country that are moving goods around January 4th, is going to be, I think, if we're not careful, an apocalyptic day 
for the transportation industry and for many people, including all of us who rely on the transportation if, industry. If you were trying to think of a way, if the Biden administration had gathered together a cabal in the White House, in the Oval Office, hey, how can we have a policy that will make pretty much everything that's a problem right now in the economy, low workforce participation, problems with getting people to actually show up for work, supply chain issues, productivity issues, drop in GDP growth nationwide last uh, last quarter. How could we make everything worse? This vaccine mandate is a pretty good plan to make things worse. I got to say, it's almost impressive how much they're able to mess things up. Remember what Obama said about Joe Biden? Never underestimate his ability to bleep things up. He was right. If Russia and China were trying to think of something which could cripple the American economy, is there anything better to cripple the American economy than mandating something that millions of people don't want, which will guarantee that many of those people will not be on the job at a time of national crisis when it comes to supply chain and also energy price disruption. I I just, I can't conceive of how an intelligent person, an intelligent administration could paint itself into this corner because, oh, by the way, the significance here, Buck, is vaccine mandates aren't going to solve anything related to COVID. And I'm sure you saw this, Buck. Goldman Sachs came out today or yesterday, and said, hey, the biggest threat to the economy is not COVID, it's inflation, Inflation, and it's not going away, and it's continuing to grow. And and so the the problem is also that the the decisions that the Biden White House and the federal government implementing, whoever's actually making the calls around Biden, the, the problem that we run into is that every time there are indicators of the failure of the choices they're making, the fallback is always COVID. The fallback is, oh, it's it's not that we don't know what we're doing. It's not that the economy is responding in the way that anybody would expect it to from the trillions of dollars of spending, from the additional regulation, from the threat of huge tax increases, all those things. It's not that it's COVID, Clay, don't you see? So that it's effectively no one's fault, really, except we got to do even more to fight the virus. That's the built-in excuse for all the failures. And the good news, though, because I want to put people out on the weekend here, send them out, you know, have a good... <laughs> the good news is that... More and more folks Every who day. are persuadable are realizing it's time to hop aboard the Clay and Buck train, so to speak, here. That, you know, the people listening to this, you know, 99% of them already know, but there are other folks across the country who are going, yeah, the guys who are saying Biden's a buffoon and doesn't know what he's doing, they might be onto something. And by the way, if you're trying to win arguments as we move closer to the holidays, just say, hey, listen to these guys. If you are listening and you're saying, hey, I appreciate the arguments that you guys are making, which are fact-based, pass them along. Let's grow the universe of rational, reasonable people in this country and get it to a tipping point where we start to dictate policy at an even higher level. Hope to see everybody in Knoxville this weekend. I'll have all three Travis boys with me. Fingers crossed that my wife's not right and that I can actually manage and handle them for the entire weekend. Buck, I can't wait to see a video of you singing along to crash inside of the Dave Matthews Band concert as loud as you can. It's going to be great, man. There's there's some Dave Matthews listeners in this audience. There's some out there. I've been. I like them. Yeah, of course. Dave's Dave's politics, not my thing. But, you know, plays those groovy tunes, man. I'm going to hear some saxophone. What happened to the saxophone? In the 90s, everyone loved the saxophone. Now you never hear it anywhere anymore. Bill Clinton was a saxophone player. Remember that? On Arsenio? 
Uh, we'll be back on Monday. Hope you guys have fantastic weekends. Thanks for hanging Thanks with for us. Thanks for hanging We're out with Clay and Buck, crashing everybody. into you on Monday. There we go. You're listening to Clay Travis and Buck Sexton on the EIB Network. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, acclaim comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast.